Anybody else want to explain the gospel today? Anybody want to touch that one? Go ahead, I dare you. It's a tough one. It's actually really a tough one. It's two in a row, last week and this week, where there's a real description of the kingdom of heaven that we're all made for, all long for, and yet it's presented in a way that apparently the people are not supposed to expect. Our Lord is not hiding that His kingdom and the path to heaven it's, it's not according to our human logic. It's not according to our natural broken desires. They're not going to lead us there. Think with me for a moment. A lot of times in our day and age, especially our day and age, we do hear a lot of criticism towards the Catholic faith, the teachings of the church. What we talk about is, is meaning the path to salvation. It's like, well, I think the church needs to change this, make it easier. The church needs to kind of come down to more modern sensibilities. The church needs to update its, its, its ways. Because those ways are all, they're, they're just not, we can't relate to that. Surely God, if he wanted to give us a way to salvation, if God would have invented a religion, he would have made it easy for us. He would have made it according to our tastes and our own mental structures. We hear that a little bit, I think. Especially nowadays with the synod going on in the Vatican, it's like, oh my gosh, finally the church is going to change everything and do what it's supposed to be doing for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's just food for that. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do, but I also know that it's probably not going to be what our human logic would necessarily expect. Because it never was. And the Lord explained His kingdom in a way that absolutely flew in the face of the logic and cultural values of His time. Remember, we are broken. So our broken logic and our broken desires, they're, they're off sync. They're out of sync. They're out of frequency. And truly, if, if there's nothing else, I think with these readings and last week, they give us a reminder the kingdom of Christ is something at first unappealing to our human vision, our human logic, our cultural sensitivities, our fallen desires. It's at first unappealing. And we have to expect that. We have to know what to do with that. What the gospel is showing is that we tend to deny the kingdom of Christ and favor our human values and our sinful desires. Our Lord's reminding us not to deny the human values, the, the cultural values, the, the normal way of seeing things in order to then begin to recognize this other path, this path to the kingdom of heaven. It is not the way our logic is going to think. But it's true. Our Lord sends out an invitation. He's telling us that the kingdom of heaven is meant for all people. You know, to his audience at the time, the Jewish audience, they had to get their minds around the fact that it might be meant for non-Jews because they were always understanding themselves as the promised people, the chosen people. So it was for them. And remember the story of the early church Christian community, they were all Jews and they struggled with that. How do you give salvation to the uncircumcised non-Jews? Is that supposed to happen? But even to us today, it's like the invitation goes out to everybody. Many are called, Jesus finishes his story. Many are called. Really, St. Paul would add, God wants all to be saved. Every single one. But in real time, as the story shows us, if we're not careful, we will inadvertently reject God's invitation. Because it finishes, but few are chosen. We need to ponder that. Because God does welcome all people, Jewish, non-Jewish, Christian, atheist, myself, yourself, in our brokenness, in our sins. The invitation goes to you and to me. God rejects nobody as far as the, the invitation list goes. 
It's interesting, the story is, it's, they're invited to the wedding feast. Y'all know how food tastes at the royal wedding? Anybody watch TV, watch the, the royal wedding in Britain? Like, I don't know, a while back, but like, I mean, that's a party, right? And we kind of watch it like, oh, that's so nice, I wish I were there, I wish I were there, that'd be so neat to be there. And the Lord's like, the heavenly wedding feast? You've got the invitation. Here it is. Come to the feast. Everything's prepared for you. I've killed my cattle, my calves. you got some great beef and steak and whatever else. Everything, I've given up everything for you, including the death of my only son for you. Everything is prepared for you. And we watched how one by one, those originally invited, sometimes ourselves, can, we can relate to this, they chose what? Their business? Their career? Their food? Their farm? Their entertainment? Their school needs? Their extracurricular needs? Like their, their peer pressure? Their vanity? Their cowardice? Their, you list the thing that keeps you from accepting the invitations of the Lord. But we all face that. We all know we can do that. God has invited everyone and yet hinged our salvation on our free response. Sometimes that's the scariest thought. But it's also true. Do I reject his invitations? I remember the one time I wanted to do homework when I was a little kid. The one time I wanted to do homework, you know what it was? It was when my family was praying the rosary. I wanted to do homework then. But let's face it, right? I can't go to Mass today. I can't come to the feast. This food, like the first reading said, the food that destroys death forever. The choicest wine. You can't get better than the blood of Christ. And yet I pass it up. For what? For homework? For the plastic trophy at the end of my baseball career? For something else? I overslept? I was lazy? We pass it up. Do we experience that? Do we fail to recognize the invitations of the Lord because they don't appeal right away? Look at the rich young man. The rich young man comes to Jesus Christ himself, God in the flesh. What do I need to do to get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, you know, keep the commandments at least. And he's like, I'm doing that. I'm getting the minimal right. Check, check, check. And our Lord's actually looking into his heart. He says, you know what? You need to do a little bit more. And you know it. Go sell whatever it is that is, is, is weighing you down holding you back. and In his case, it was money and his need for control. We think we're going to be joyful and we reject the invitation to eternal joy. Our conscience, you all know, this is a few this examples, like how often your conscience speaks to you. Hey, share your lunch with, with that kid over there. Share your snack. Share your toy. Give the other person first place in line. Forgive the person you're angry at. And that whisper comes, and what do we do with that whisper, that invitation? Y'all know what your conscience is, right? We, we, do, we all, do we still have consciences? We should still have a conscience. Or there's something else going on in the church, some opportunity to volunteer. Some invitation that I get to go myself and invite someone else to confession, right? Hey, my wedding garment is stained. I need to go get that restoration of grace. I need to put on the wedding garment. But by the way, little footnote, that wedding garment, the white garment of baptism represents this parable. So you have been given in your baptism a wedding garment. Keep it unstained, we pray, until the bridegroom returns in the moment of the wedding feast. And if it does become stained, you have the confessional to restore it. Or maybe we're like that poor guy, we'll come back to him, but the guy at the end who's actually in the wedding feast. I'm at Mass! I made it! I don't know how I made it, some miracle woke me up with my alarm clock, but I'm here. 
but am I fully here? Compare your participation in the Hanville football game, or the LSU game, or the Saints game. Compare your participation, the visible showing that you are all in at that game, to how we sometimes sing at Mass. Big difference, right? Because we're not really all in. Our response is, the Lord be with you. What do you say? And that's, that's about what it sounds like, too. <laughs> Come on. The Lord be with you. Because I want to know that you care, that he's actually with my spirit. Thank you. But we say the Gloria, we say the, the, the responses of Mass, we say the Holy, Holy, Holy. We're echoing the song of heaven. And we, we do better at a football game than we do here. And our Lord doesn't hide that. Our Lord's not surprised by that. That's my point. There's no judgment here because I have my bad days as well. But like, our Lord's showing, like, that's what it's going to be like. You're going to even think that you're in. But when the master of the feast walks around, and he looks at you, is he going to say, wow, you're, you're all in here. I said, I'm glad you're wearing everything. You got everything right. Or is he going to say, why? Why aren't you even trying? Didn't you know? Didn't you see everyone around you, like, trying? Why do, how could you not be prepared? So we, we, we examine our hearts in this very challenging gospel. It shows us that when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, it's not going to be the way we think. I love our second graders when they're preparing for Holy Communion. We have the little rehearsal for First Communion. And they've been waiting for seven years to finally receive that little white wafer that everybody else gets to receive and they don't get to receive. And like, I want to receive that. When can I receive that? They're crying. They're upset. At the retreat, they get a taste of the wafer. You know, sometimes the response, Ew! That's disgusting! That's the parable. You would be inclined to reject the gift of God based on human tastes, human values, broken human logic. Our Lord shows us that those who should have known better, should have invited those who had all the formation in the world, sometimes they're a little too smart, and they're like, no, no, the church has to, no, no, I'm out, I'm out. Sometimes we're gratefully finding ourselves, I wasn't worthy. Look, I know my sins, I shouldn't be here. And I'm here and I'm so grateful to God and I'm doing the work to respond to that gift of God. And then the last one, sometimes we're here, but we're not really doing the work. We're not really trying. We're not really here with our whole heart. And our Lord's like, it's going to show. It's going to show. There's a little bit of presumption, a little bit of entitlement. Look, I've done my job. God, you owe me. No, not that way. So we ponder this a little bit and just a few kind of takeaways because it is, it's important for us to realize like heaven, for me to get to heaven, my natural desires, inclinations, sinful tendencies, everything else in the world around me, the cultural values, they're not going to lead me there. I need to be ready to do the hard work to deny those things and embrace his very lowly ways. Look, God came to earth not as a king in majesty with money and, and comfort. He came as a lowly carpenter. Many couldn't accept that. Why would God do that? I think God should change the way he comes to us. And you hear it. I think the church should change the ways it tells us to live. We're falling into that logic. We need to deny that logic. We grew up thinking... You know, if you play the sport, whether you win or lose, everybody should get a trophy, right? That's kind of fair. That's a tough one. And I don't say that God doesn't have a trophy for every single soul. He does. The trophy's there. Sometimes we don't do the work, even the slightest work, to be worthy of the trophy. 
We fight so hard for a plastic one. And the eternal one? Our Lord's trying to remind us of that. The kingdom of heaven on this side of death will be easily undervalued. And we tend to presume that other things are more important and I'll have another chance, I'll have another invitation, I'll have a better view and I'll choose that one. I'll wait until Jesus tailors his way to me instead of me changing myself and conforming my ways to his way, his truth, his life. It's also easy to reject the messengers. Look, in both parables, this week and last weekend, there's something about in the kingdom of heaven, there will be messengers. Who plays that role? And how do I treat them? How does our world treat them? You know, Jesus sent out the apostles. How do they make out? Do they end up rich and, and famous? Or dead? Mostly under the age of 60. Because they were bringing the invitation of Jesus Christ. They were martyrs. The first 300 years of the faith, most Christians were martyrs. Only because they brought the invitation of Jesus Christ. They were messengers. But we know that. Look, pick any church you want. What is the church that in our cultural media of today is most often criticized and rejected in some way? Is it hard to figure it out? Sometimes the one most rejected by a world that is opposed to heaven might be the one you want. Our Catholic Church has been under scrutiny for a long time. It's not easy for parents to stand out and teach the Christian and Catholic values. It's not easy to live them first. Raise your hand if in, in public life it's easy for you to exercise your Catholic teaching and how you live. That you stand at the office before your meals and say, say grace. It's not easy, is it? The world is uncomfortable by that witness. We're un- in our brokenness, we are uncomfortable with that witness. So, in public, we don't acknowledge God. And our Lord didn't hide. He says, if you who did not acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge before my heavenly Father. Who do you care about more? Pleasing people around you? Or being true to Him? Our Lord's not hiding it. Our Lord wasn't hiding it 2,000 years ago, and He's not hiding it today. It is hard when we feel judged by our peers just because we live the Catholic faith. It's funny, so many people say, oh, the Catholics are so judgmental. Well, if they're living according to the Catholic faith, they're actually supposed to be the most welcoming and the most persecuted. And lastly, just a little takeaway from my part, I was thinking how flippantly, all of us, how flippantly we underestimate the gravity, the seriousness of the invitation. And our Lord goes right there and I'm thinking of Noah's Ark, that Genesis story. Some people are like, well, it never really happened, or maybe it did, maybe it's a fable, maybe it's history. Maybe that archaeological find in Turkey is the real Ark of Noah, who knows. But regardless, the idea that God would try to warn everybody, hey, time's up. And there's Noah building an Ark. There's a comedian who does a little routine about Noah and the Ark. But, Noah, what you doing? I'm building an Ark. Really? Can you get it out of my driveway? And who made it to the ark? Or who was too busy with their business, their farm, or something else? Didn't get into the ark. Didn't come to the the, the gathering of God, the church, right? That's what the word gathering means. Didn't get in. And the gospel, the the parable starts with, no, I can't make it, too busy, too, too occupied. And then in the end, 
it shows that that one guy who was in but really wasn't ready to be in, it says he was cast out into the darkness where there was wailing and grinding of teeth. In other words, there was nothing left except the ark. The only ones who made it, not the only ones who were invited to make it, the only ones who actually made it and passed over from death to life were the ones in the ark. It's often an image of Christ's church, Christ's gathering. He's trying to save us. And we're the fools who say, no, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you later. I'll come here, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to take him around a second time. So it's just a real image. Our Lord just, he's trying to teach us, he's trying to prep us so we're not caught unprepared. How do we listen to this? How do we receive this? We're in the wedding feast. Our Lord told us at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. Do this to keep the memory alive so that your faith never grows cold. Come to my feast, a little foretaste of heaven. Take a moment, we'll finish with this. Look around, the empty pews. Y'all see the empty pews right now? How many were invited today? A lot of people know that the invitation on Sunday, where are you supposed to be on Sunday morning? Where are you supposed to be on Sunday morning? We know it, right? But of course, we give in to that temptation. We're not here. Empty views. Is this a foretaste of what Jesus is describing as the kingdom of heaven, where there were actually seats for everybody, but only a few accepted the invitation? Only a few did the work to respond to the invitation. Only a few, a few got their wedding garment put on. Only a few clothed themselves in the virtues of Jesus Christ. And so many others, whatever their excuse might have been, we thought everyone should get a trophy, but we were surprised, hopefully pleasantly surprised, and finding ourselves in the right place, doing the right things. But maybe we'll be tragically surprised. Maybe our friends, maybe our loved ones will be tragic. Do we want, we have time now, that's the message. You have time now to change, to listen, to receive, to conform a little differently. Not to try to sit there and say the church and God's ways should conform more to human ways, but maybe my values, the way I spend my time, my talent, my treasure, the way I live my life, maybe that's what needs to conform, to be ready to accept an invitation which is not going to appeal to my broken human logic, my broken human heart and its desires. It is not going to be comfortable, our Lord says. Am I looking for that kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Christ, or am I inventing my own? And simply living as, as I want to, thinking that that's going to give me anything in the long term. We ask the Holy Spirit to really touch our hearts. But there's no judgment here. We, all, we, we each have our stuff, right? We each have our, our things that lead us away from the whispers and invitations of God. But the Gospel today, the liturgy today, is our Lord Himself, from the depths of His love for you and for me, saying, listen to this. Please listen to this. Time is limited. Choose wisely while you still have a choice to make. Teach your families to choose wisely while you still have choices to make. Because the textbook is it's an open book text. You know the textbook. You know the answers. Don't put them off. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.